Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's Lolita Monroe. And wrote the van drives. <laughs> and we just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. I'm a gangster, I'm the one fine holding a big blunt and I'm holding a gun. Alright y'all, so we got I gotta say quick little pause real quick. Hold on. So we have Lolita Monroe and we have Zero off the porch. Right now I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Can't believe it. But it's just a lot of history with Zero right in front of us. And of course, you are under him as his artist. So I can only imagine the gems in the game that's being passed between the whole dynamic. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I'm gonna just be keeping a book. <laughs> All right, so Lolita, you are from Houston, Texas. Let's talk about it. Most of these Texas. Most of you take this. Yes, yes let's talk about it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Grew up in the mold. Was born in the mold. Yeah. Roll from the mold. It just kind of worked out. Now, Zero, with you, you know, being in the game for a very long time and getting to work with different people, what was it that caught your eye when it came to Lolita Monroe? I mean, Anybody can, you know, make a cool song right now, but what attracted me to what she was doing was, you know, no disrespect to none of the other females, but she was rapping, like, with her clothes on. You know, she had her clothes on, so, and I was like, the shit she was saying, I can rap that shit as I'm riding in the car, you know what I'm saying, because I can't rap that other shit, like, no disrespect, but, you know, I don't wear none of that, and you know, I'm just saying, she, on some, she was on some street nigga shit, and I was like, that's weird, because she a girl, you know what I'm saying, but, like, I can actually go line for line with this shit, like, it don't make me feel fucked up to sing along with that shit, it ain't one of them songs you gotta, like, yeah, you gotta, and then you gotta, like, nah, because, you know, I'm gonna be a man all the way through that motherfucker, so I ain't gotta stop when she get too girlish, you know what I'm saying? She ain't, she ain't get too girlish on that motherfucker. So I was like, yeah, I know the women gonna support her because, you know, it's women. And then I'm like, on the other hand, you know, dudes can support her because it's like they can jam that shit when their girlfriend is not around. So that's what, that's what made me interested in. Now, outside of just you being a successful artist yourself, as a man, when it comes to listening to a female artist, how can you get into that? Like, what is it that'll draw you to actually listen to a woman in rap's music? I mean, I mean, first of all, I guess for me, you know, I'm gonna listen to the composition. I mean, you know, the music, of course, like, you know, the beat will make you feel a certain type of way. And then, you know, secondarily is, what you're doing with the beat. So is it gonna keep my attention? You know, that's for the younger generation, especially, you know, motherfuckers don't give a damn about you after 15 seconds. So you keep my attention, but I mean, it's like I said, like she was saying shit that I can relate to, shit that I did, like, like, like no shit, she like, this bitch whipping up a four and a half too. So it was like, yeah, okay. I can fuck with that. Cause I, you know, I remember whipping this shit up. You know what I'm saying? I remember standing out there and doing this and doing that. 
you know, uh, or like she said, I remember mom outside reconnecting our lights type shit. Like, you know, shit, I, I, ain't, I ain't have no mama, but it was somebody outside reconnecting my shit too. It was familiar. So I guess, you know, like with a lot of my fans, they fuck with me because they feel like, they feel like they fucking with a mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm them. And you know, I want to listen to shit that make me feel like I'm them too. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, if I'm too broke, I can't understand you and a Bugatti. If I'm too broke, I'm gonna rob you. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, shit, if you and yo, yeah, nigga, I'm in a Chevette. I like, you know what? My grandma had one of them all. I, you know, a gremlin. Like you was that pole. You know, so I don't know. I guess it's the you know the, emula the attempted emulation to catch me every time. Now, let me ask y'all this. Do y'all feel like relatable music is lost in the generation that we're in now? As far as, like, even going back to what you said, like, you couldn't relate to when people talk about Bugattis and, like, different luxury things because you didn't come from that. So, yeah, that leads me back to the question. I mean, I guess it depends on what you listen to. So, I grew up listening to Zero, listening to screwed up click, listening to Lil Kiki, listening to Fat Pat. Big, like, that's what I woke up in the morning, getting dressed, going to school too as a child. So it was what you was listening to. So by the time boys were singing it, you know, I woke up in a new Bugatti. I didn't even know what that was. So I could sing the song with you, but I had no idea what that song was talking about. So like he said, you just kind of gonna rock with what, what you can relate to. Right. So, I mean, I ain't wake up listening to I woke up in no new Bugatti because that wasn't what I did in the morning. I woke up on something else every day. So, you know, we listened to the little flip, little Kiki, like I straight out the south side of Mo City, you know what I'm saying? So you wake up on that in the morning time. That's what you know. Now, as an emerging artist coming out of Mo City, what are the chances of you really making it and putting a stamp on yourself? Well, I mean, I guess that depends on what you feel like is really making it. I mean, where you come from versus where you are, have you made it somewhere? So because I'm looking at the situation from that perspective, I feel like I already made it. So if you're asking like, what does it look like moving forward? Like, mm -hmm. progress, like, one of my videos just did like two million views. So like progress from that, you know what I'm saying? Just growth. I think that's what it's gonna look like for me all the way around, just as long as I'm growing as a person, as an artist. Right. And Zero, I would even like to hear your perspective on this as well, as far as being a emerging artist coming out of Mo City. For me or for her? Because, I, I mean, if I could speak on on her behalf, she, I'd probably be a little bit more in-depth. I'd probably say on her making it, it's going to be up to her. Yeah, yeah, it do depend on what's your definition of making it. But at the same time, you know, it's like I tell people all the time, like, if, if you got a brick and you ain't told nobody you got a brick, do you really have a brick? Like, ain't nobody gonna buy this shit if they don't know it's for sale. So, you know, as long as, on her behalf, as long as she wake up and she like, you know what, I need to conquer another city today. You know what I'm saying? No complacency type shit. Just going to go get that shit every day is the success within itself. And, if, and then for me, I'm the living embodiment of that shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't on this TV, I ain't on TV as much as everybody else. But that bag be coming. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's the same shit for me. You know, uh, like you said, it's been a it's been a tenure for me. And I ain't done yet. I'm still gonna go get that shit. She, we out here right now doing that. And uh, like you say, tomorrow we're gonna wake up and do it in a whole other area code. Right. So that's that's making it, you know what I'm saying? When you, you started doing that shit and you end up with this much, and more, like, yeah, but on a, on a constant basis, yeah, taking care of yourself and your people, that's making it. So I think, like, yeah, I, didn't, I definitely done made that, and she's definitely on her way to it. Right. 
Now, Lolita Monroe, we finna get into your background. We finna get in your business, okay, girl? <laughs> now, starting off, we gotta start off with your roots from Mo City. What was it like for you growing up there? I mean, honestly. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah, it was chill. We kicked it, but... You know, you don't really know you you don't have until somebody pointed out to you, right? So we ain't really well. My mama did a pretty good job of keeping shit cool. Like we ain't really have a lot, but she made it look like we did. So we was alright type shit, man. Uh, I mean, but you know, growing up and being in that area, then you start seeing you know your friends riding around in Lexuses and pulling night, and you ain't got a car at all. Like that shit hit a little different. So shit, I kind of started moving around on my Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. On in the street a little bit. I was kind of smart, so shit. School took me a, a couple places and it kind of worked out for me like that. It kept me out the streets too much, but I mean that was that was kind of how that worked out for me. I ain't I ain't grew up around a whole lot of just rah rah all the time, but shit, the hood is the hood, right? Right. So shit, I lost a lot of childhood partners. Got a whole lot of childhood partners that's locked up, like. I mean, shit, the streets don't love us all, shit, it be like that. So, you know, growing up and seeing that kind of shit, you just, you kind of, I guess you get numb to it at a certain point. But, I mean, like I say, shit, school took me a few places that the streets didn't. So, this was, rapping was just, I didn't even know I could rap. Like, this is an undiscovered talent. <laughs> what? I didn't even know I could rap before, shit, 2020. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, we here. Like, <laughs> we here. Now, I do want to ask you just throughout childhood to teenage years to now, what would you say are some things that really shaped you when you were younger into the woman that you are today and even as the artist that you are today? Man. Shit, I just saw a lot of shit and then. I had a, my mama is dope as fuck, like, <laughs> my mama was kind of hood herself, like, she was <laughs> in the mix, so, shit, just being around a lot of shit that most people my age wasn't around, like, me and my mama kind of grew up together type shit, so, I kind of was in the mix with her, because she was in the mix, so I was exposed to a lot of shit growing up, just kind of, made me know like shit some of this shit cool to do some of this shit ain't cool to do at all like watching some of my people get shot like type shit growing up some of them dying some of them not dying and then seeing the effects of that shit like just knowing that ain't what the life i wanted right so shit trying to figure out how to get something way better much faster than the people i saw around me but did the trauma of you seeing like, you know, certain people pass away, did that ever affect you when you got older? Yeah, of course. I mean, shit, you wake up with the fear of dying every day. I mean, I think everybody do. I think it's just maybe a little more prevalent for me. Like, shit, make sure you're moving correctly. Because if you're not moving correctly, 
you know, it's a greater chance of you not making it home. And when it comes to moving correctly, what exactly does that look like? And like respecting yourself and everything around you at all times. I can I'm good everywhere. In all I mean in the hood, in the burbs, at the trap, at the church, at wherever you take me, I'm gonna be straight. Right. Because I'm gonna respect myself and I'm gonna respect everything around me at all times. So I do know that some of your musical influences was like Lil Kiki, DJ Screw, like basically all things Houston, all things Texas. So just talk yeah. about that for us. Man, like literally as a child, I grew up, woke up in the morning getting dressed for school listening to these people. So it was crazy like to actually be, you know, around some of these people moving around, working now, but the influence is crazy just because I didn't know I could rap, right? So then when I found out I could, I think you're influenced by what you listen to all the time. So like I say, I'm really a Southside baby, like, I couldn't even tell you nothing about moving around on the other side of town too much. Right. So shit. I listened to a whole lot of Houston. But I mean, just being able to, you know, be around being in Houston, so you knowing what these people talking about. You listening to J Dog and you know what he's talking about when he's telling you he in the bricks. Right. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. listen to these people talking about riding down MLK and you really riding down MLK, so you know that hit different. It hit different from rapping them boys and living them boys. So it was it was really like that. Like, you know, you could live through some of these people's music. And I do want to ask you, because I do know you also was listening to Zero as well. So what would you say it was about Zero's music that really draw, drew you to the likes of him? Shit, it was real, like, it was relatable, like he said, like, when he rapping about some of this shit, you can feel it in your soul, like, it ain't just you ain't rapping these words, like, everybody hates somebody. So when you rapping, I hate you, bitch, you might not be talking <laughs> about the person he was talking about, but I guarantee it's a bitch walking around that you, that bitch, I hate you, You bitch. hated that right. bitch, right. <laughs> All right. So it was literally that. You slow, loud, and banging all in the trunk. Like, everybody riding down MLK with that thing thumping on the trunk. So you know what that is. Like, you can really live like that. So it was just, I was really living like that. So I wasn't living like that at naturally the same time they was. But, you know, it's different. Like I say, these people rapping about your lifestyle. Right. Like, shit, you really pulling up a phone. You really sipping syrup. You really dipping your blunts. Like, you really living like that. It ain't just something you rapping about when you, you know, sitting in the class. You really getting up in the morning and whipping the phone. Like, you outside. Right. And would you say you carry those same characteristics as to being relatable, especially as a woman in rap today? Would you say that you carry those things into your music now? Yeah, honestly, I, I listen to a lot of the women artists, like, I listen to music, I love music, so I jam them, but like Rose said. Ah, uh, so I, like, as I'm talking, I'm seeing the dynamic here because as female artists today, and I don't want to characterize all of them like that, it's a lot, I call it pussy rap, so it's like a lot of, yeah. it's like a lot of pussy rap. And I feel like it's a dynamic with you and Zero because I feel like Zero, when you were coming out, it was a lot of player shit. But you was really rapping about your struggles and like the shit that we feel on a daily basis that nobody ever wants to talk about. So I'm seeing the dynamic. Oh shit, this is crazy. I'm seeing the dynamic with the both of you guys. Oh wow, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Now, 
before I asked Lolita Monroe this, Zero, at that time that you were coming out when everybody was on the play shit, like the cool shit, did you ever feel the pressure to have to rap in that manner? Nah. Nah. I mean, it's business. And I mean, it just makes sense. Like, like how you said, if everybody over here talking about this and it's 1300 of y'all, I'm over here by myself talking about this. Who you think gonna stand up? Y'all over here, 13. Y'all talking about one bitch. Y'all talking about the same bitch. All 1,300, y'all. You talking about it in the deep voice. You talking about it in the high voice. You singing it. You rapping it. You whatever, you know. Whatever you do. I'm over here doing something totally different. So, it's too many of y'all doing that. You know, so. Yeah, it was what I was going through, but at the same time, as a businessman, I'm like, if they are. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Selling ABC, why don't I just be smart and just see the DEFs? There's too many ABCs out there, really. I'm going to see some DEFs. So she, my DF can't be fucked up because I ain't got no competition. You know what I'm saying? You can't go and go get a DEF and a half around the corner from them because they ain't got what I got. Right. So it's self-explanatory. Exactly. Lolita Monroe, when did you discover your love for music? Uh, man, I always loved music. So I was instrumental even as a child. Like, I was a fan, the choir, all that cool stuff. I just never tried to take that on as a, a career. Right. Like, I was real smart in school. Like, number 11 in my class kind of smart. So, I just, I was playing basketball, I was running across the country. Like, I, just, I had so much other stuff I was pursuing. Music was just something to do. It was a, a hobby. Oh, I mean, I discovered I could rap on accident. <laughs> At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> like, for real, I had no idea. Hey, I'm gonna take it back a little bit because you're the first one that then came on the porch and said that you ran cross country. I ran cross country in high school, like that <laughs> shit, waking up at five in the morning, running like three fucking miles, five fucking miles, like that shit was for the birds. <laughs> Man. That Thanks. was for the birds. Listen, like, shit. <laughs> I don't know how we did it, but we yeah, did it, the man. They came and got us ready. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it came to your journey as pursuing, at pursuing music, when would you say you decided to go all in with it? Uh, last year. Really? Yeah, last April. Um, the last, the last year, April 2021, I kind of was like, uh, we'll do this for real. And I actually started investing my time for real. Like, it wasn't just something that, that you know, I was doing on the side right quick. Let me see if I can mm -hmm. do this. I just, I had never really seriously pursued, uh, you know, seriously sat down like, okay, this is, how I'm gonna make my living, right? Right. So when I really sat down and actually tried to do it, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I can rap. It, it kind of tripped me out too. I'm sure everybody was surprised, but are you surprised? Nah, 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 I was surprised. Now I do want to ask you, what took you so long to come to the point where you decided to just go all in? 
don't know. You know, sometimes I think life just it push you where you're supposed to go. I think life just, you know, the pandemic was going on, all kind of other stuff was happening. I don't know, life just kind of fell into place where I had the time, like, I wasn't doing anything on a, you know, time, like, I ain't had no schedule I had to pursue every day. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to really sit down and, I ain't going to sit down and write for 20 minutes. I'm going to really sit down and take this beat and I'm going to write to it. And then I'm going to listen, I'm going to write to it again until I get it how I want it to sound. Like, I'm going to really take this seriously. Mm -hmm. I think that was being, you know, actually knowing I could do it. After the first couple of tracks, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it don't sound bad. Like, I don't right. sound bad. It's a whole new, a whole new world for me. So I had to get used to even hearing myself on the mic. Uh, the first song I ever did, I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, okay, so what was your first like recording experience like? Um, so the first time I ever recorded, Roy had asked me to do a hook on the song he got. And so he told me exactly what to do. So I just did what he said. I mean, I didn't even, it was just random one day. Then when it was my first time actually doing a, a song for real, mm -hmm. one day on my lunch break, I was sitting in the car and I heard this beat that we all know. And the artist that was singing on the song, he was just saying some words and I was like, yeah, nah, that ain't it, Jack. If it was me, I'd say this. Right. And I'm, and I'm like, man, this crazy. I'm gonna go, and I was like, hey, um, can you cut the studio on? He was like, do what? That's not even how you say that. Like, man, can you cut the studio on? And I recorded the song and one turn to three, turn to five, turn to 20. Mm-hmm. Kind of happened like that. Now with y'all's dynamic, is it something as if you guys know each other from being from the same city or how does it work? I mean, you kind of can't be from most city and not know zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I say, I grew up listening to zero. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, this a stranger. Like, I knew the music he rapped. I knew how relatable it was, like this legend. So, you know, to actually be rapping with or around somebody that you grew up like a legend in your city is like crazy. Like the first time I recorded somewhere with him was wild. Like, <laughs> I was nervous as hell. Like, but I'm I'm tripping because I'm rapping, but I'm fanning at the same time. But I mean, it's zero. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been cool. What would you say is like a big risk that you've taken with your career so far? <laughs> oh, a big risk. I think. And I put out a, a whole project, like, I know a lot of people start off in the game with an EP, right? I, I jumped out with a 16-song project off the porch. <laughs> you, you really came in with a whole, and that's so true, because you know I never really thought about that. You know, most people come out with, like, they drop a few singles here and there, but you straight out the gate with a whole project. Yeah, I mean, I put out a single, a couple of singles before yeah. the project came out. Like, I think starting in maybe December, I dropped a track. And I dropped my whole album May 6th. So, yeah, I think that was different than most people come in, right? But, I mean, I had guidance. I, I mean, roll a different kind of animal in the studio. So I knew mm -hmm. it was bad. He definitely wasn't gonna let me roll with it. So when he stepped it, like, yeah, I was like, all right, shit, let's do it. And even as, I don't wanna say advice, but in your perspective, Zero, what do you feel are the risks that artists have to be willing to take when it comes to the game? Man, all of them. Gotta take all the risks. I mean, period. Like, you know, you. 
you feel like you need to be somewhere, then you gotta go. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ain't got a guard, you got the Uber, you got the car somewhere. Like you gotta, like you gotta get there. You know, like it's just on some. I don't know, like if you just chilling and that's all you're gonna be doing is chilling for the rest of your life. So you gotta get up, you gotta leave, yo. I was fucked up like that for a little while because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. So when it come time, you know, they hey man, I need to, I need to, you need to get down here to Atlanta. You know, Jeezy uh, got this going on and okay, cool, shit. But then where I'm living at, I'm like, I know when I come back to this motherfucker, my dog gonna be, my shit ran through when I come back. So it's like, fuck. So I said, fuck it, man, I made 12, I made 12 hour drive on some swingers. I rolled all the way up by 10, like, on foes, you know what I'm saying? Pulled up, went to the Jeezy show, and met, you know, a whole bunch of motherfuckers that I never thought that I would meet way back then. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, this shit dope. And I'm, you know, I'm, I made some relationships. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, and, uh, and I did some things I never would've did in Houston, Texas. So, and when I got back, yeah, 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 my shit was, you know, somebody tried me. But, you know, but the opportunity was so, like, fuck a motherfucker kicking my dough in and, you know, taking, you know, taking some dollars out of my shit. Like, I came down this motherfucker and I made dollars for the future type shit by just coming. So you gotta, you know, you gotta get out of your ass. So, I mean, yeah, if you're gonna take a risk, I, I think you should take every risk. You know what I'm saying? If you think you can get five, you know what I mean, like, why not, why not push for 10, 15, or 20? You know what I'm saying? You gotta right. do what you gotta do, because you never know. You keep doing this shit, when them hoes gonna go in. You know what I'm saying? And, and it might be the game money. So, that's how I feel about that shit. Now, Lolita, right in off the back, what did you feel in you that you had to start rapping about? <laughs> Man, I was upset at somebody, to be honest. I was real pissed off. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Today I'm gonna write about it. <laughs> and that's really what, like, I was just mad and I needed to vent. So that was how I vented that day. I, I would have never turned it into a song, but I mean, as fate would have it, I did. So here we are. Now, when it came to um, jumping into the music industry, did you automatically put the pressure on yourself that you needed to be a certain type of way, especially as a woman and a black woman as well? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Like, I mean, like I told you, I love music, so I listen to everybody's music. But I can't relate to the, I mean, I, I wasn't feeling my body like that. So a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff that play on the radio all the time, I can't sing like that. So I got a little sister, I got a grandmother, like, I don't mind telling them about my struggles. Right. But I don't know how my daddy will feel cutting on the radio and hearing me talk about somebody. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could live with myself. I couldn't look at me in the morning. That ain't the life I live, so you know what I'm saying? To try to play myself, I feel like I'd be playing myself to do that. And I mean, I know it's women out there that's just like me. Like, that live, you know, you got it how you had to get it. So it's a whole lot of shit I'm saying. You like, shit, been there. And so, you know, I had to get them something they can ride around in their cars and listen to, too, with their kids, that they ain't got to cut the music down. Right. So this leads me to ask you, as I'm talking to you, you have a lot of morals and principles to yourself. And I want to ask you, 
In today's generation, what certain morals and principles do you feel like is missing right now? <laughs> I think today's generation is just, they, they kind of want it quick. They want to get it right now, microwave. They don't necessarily want to do all the steps that it takes. What's the fastest way to do what I want to do? Right. I think my generation was still that generation of, of one another. Like, I want to not just be, I don't want to just do it, but I want to be the best at it. That, like, I don't want to just have fast. If I'm going to do it, I got to give it 200%. Like, I'm going to step into it all the way. I ain't going to play with it. Somebody told me if you play with it, it's gonna play with you, right? So shit. And Zero, you know I gotta ask you, cause it's been a lot that has changed since you came out. To be honest, ain't shit changed. Ain't shit changed, it's just she just got online now. So you just, I mean, it's the same shit. You just know about it. Right, you know yeah. About it and then, you know, that shit ain't changed for me. Uh, you don't have to hustle as hard. You know, like, you can literally sit in your kitchen right now, and, you know, she, there go your bag. You know, never came out the crib. Like, we was actually, you know, now nah, we gotta, like you say, we gotta, drive over here, you know what I'm saying? We gotta fly over there. Right now, shit, you get 100,000 plus followers, shit, you find out a way to make out 100,000 these motherfuckers spend two dollars. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you got 200,000 dollars. And you keep doing this shit over and over, like shit, man, you ain't left your house for a week. You motherfucking have made a million dollars from doing some TikTok shit or some shit like that. So, I mean, yeah. The hustle broader. You don't have to move around, you know, like how we did. You know what I'm saying? And it's cool. I mean, yeah. yeah like she said, yeah, you don't play with it. That shit play with you back. Right. Now, I gotta ask you, when did you realize that your name was buzzing throughout the city? <laughs> Man. So. I wanted to, I had been say, telling Ro, man, I want to get a beat from Big Cuz. He was like, man, I don't know who that is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know him, I don't know who that is enough to have a relationship with nobody to contact this dude. So you got, this something you got to figure out yourself. Right. So I was at a mixer and Cuz walked in and it just so happened that his people had just reached out to me about performing at his mixer anyway. I'm like, damn, you know who I am? He like, yeah, damn, you know who I am? I'm like, yeah. And so it was kind of like, but shout out to Cuz. We, we working on an EP too. I got something coming out. Again, we go work. We working on something. But. Now you had a video that was called I'm Not Lying and it reached 2 million on Worldstar. So you gotta talk to us about that whole creative direction and how that even came about for you. Oh uh, man, so I had hit the director and he was like, you got something in mind? And I, I'm like, I want it to look like a movie. He's like, well, what movie? So I was like, mm, Jeepers Creepers. So he's like, all right. So he, we found a bar and I did all of the clothes and all that shit. I, like, I said all the scenes. I did all that myself. Um, I just kind of, I wanted a Jeepers Creepers feel to it. I wanted it to look like a movie when you watched it. And I think, I think we achieved that. <laughs> Shout out to Big Spike. Dang, that's kind of crazy, because you, you literally just said Jeepers Creepers. Like, <laughs> like Jeepers Creepers, was a, that was a little culture reset right there. So how did your brain, like, I guess I'm trying to figure out how in the hell with this video you thinking Jeepers Creepers? I mean, 
If you listen to my music, the song, I'm telling you like shit, I don't be fucking around, right? Like I'm cool, but I don't fuck around. So I feel like it went. Like Jeepers Creepers ain't fuck with shit that ain't fuck with it. Right. All them people went there fucking with that thing and got attacked or whatever they got. Mm-mm. So I just, I feel like it worked. I was watching the movie and I, they said, I'm not a scary movie fan. But Jeepers Creepers held my attention. So I was like, you know, this might be dope. So I kind of flipped through all three of them, just looking at different scenes. I'm like, I want it to look like this. And shit, I just found the, the clothes and, you know, I went and got all of the suits, the, the weaponry, all that cool stuff we had. Yeah, we just planned it out. Now, I do want to ask you, your overall journey as an artist, what steps did you take to get to where you are now and to even get to the likings of Zero signing you as well? Man, honestly, I be saying, like, it was an act of God, like, it was an accident. I wasn't pursuing music seriously at all. Real happened to hear the song I did. He was like, man, you can rap. Like, shit, I guess. <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, mm -hmm. you can rap. And it just kind of happened like that. I, I wasn't, I hadn't been anywhere at all. Like, brand new as far as promotion, any, all of that, like this year. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. This year, the end of last year, like I really just started. Like brand new. And Zero, I don't know, you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, are you a little picky when it comes to people that you listen to? I don't listen to nobody but me. I don't even listen to other people. So it ain't picky, it just don't happen. Well, shit, and yeah. you, you signing him, so that's that says a lot. And he listened to my shit. Like, I didn't call him listening to my shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, it literally yeah. says a lot. So how do you feel in this moment right now? And excited. Like, blessed. Like, I don't see what happened. Like, what's coming next, man? It's been coming fast. But I was excited to be, you know, working with some of these people that I literally heard on my radio this time last year. To be walking in rooms, like bumping elbows with these people is crazy. Listen, so so now we finna cut up into this album, Napoleon Complex. <laughs> Baby, you got Sauce Walker, Paul Wall, Lil' Keith, you got everybody. What <laughs> in the world? Like, so we gotta talk about the creative direction with your new project what this means to you and just the overall process with this. And so, honestly, I started recording songs and I didn't really have a project name yet. But then I wanted my album to really reflect me. I really have Napoleon Complex in real life. That wasn't just a title, like that's really a thing, right? So I, I have Little Woman Syndrome. I'm gonna do everything you tell me I can't do, I'm gonna do times five, like, yeah. So, it, I thought it fit. So I feel like I jumped out the off, you know what I'm saying? I came in my running full speed. Like, I ain't want to just play with it. I really invested some time into it. Um, 
bro put me in, in with some good producers, so I got a lot of those beats. And then, you know, I had relationships with some of these people already, like before music. Uh, like I went to high school with Sauce Walker. That, that man was my right partner. there, Cra <laughs> crazy. But you know what? He been like that, like, so, like, man, Walker been rapping since I knew Walker. Like in middle school, Walker was putting out mixtapes type shit. Right. So, like, that was already his lane. But he always been funny like that. Like he was the class clown. My partner though. So that song, you know, that, that relationship was already there. So that's how I was walking feature, man. Shout out to bro. Like that kind of was, that was honestly probably the most energetic. Like that was crazy. His energy is wild. Right. So. Now I feel like on your project, you collaborate with a lot of artists who have a distinct lyricism to them. Like it's not the typical lyricism that you would expect, but if you know, you know type stuff. So would you say that that's kind of how you are as an artist? I mean, I think the people I picked for me that was like legends of the, of the South Side, like the Houston song. Mm -hmm. I got a bunch of legendary, Houston artists on my project and I feel like when you listen to my project you're gonna know it's very Houston like <laughs> you're gonna listen to Peace and Chain and you're gonna know you riding down in MLK like yeah, you're gonna definitely know where you at like Southside baby so I feel like my project was very reflective of me and the artists that I got was you know like I say them legends in my city them was you know artists that was major name artists in my city before I ever started rapping. Mm -hmm. These was already, you know, people that was proclaimed legends already, you know what I'm saying, in their own lands. So you got Walk, you had Propane, you had Killer Kalyan, Kiki, you got Ro, you got Powerwall, like I had like all the legends. Kiki jumped on there like all these people came and really, you know, I feel like they gave it that H-Town check that he needed, that H-Town stamp. Right. That, mm. That's diff. Like, can't nobody say that for real. Like, <laughs> can't nobody say that for real, especially right now. Like, what? You that. You really that. I do want to ask you, where would you say your mental state was when it came to creating this project? <laughs> Man, honestly. Every song, you, it, I was in a different place when I did every song. Mm -hmm. So some of them songs, I was in a real dark place. The beats, you, when you hear the beats, you would know like the beats was dark. Some of them songs, I was fighting depression. So you hear, like it came out on the on the record, which for me was what I intended it to do. I was using writing to vent, like. At the same time, it wasn't just from right then situations, it was everything. Like I'm looking right. over the span of my life, like damn, all this shit didn't happen to me. So I'm writing from, you know, a place of trying to really, I'm dealing with me. So as I listen to it, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you hear it, I probably sound like a 6'5", bitch. <laughs> and I'm really 5'1". Five one and a half. I'm gonna say that. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. What were some things that like really motivated you with certain songs on the project? Oh, man, the beats. Like, I like to vibe, right? So when I listen to a beat, I wanna, I wanna fall in love with the beat before I rap to it. Like me and the beat gotta get personal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I feel like I was able to get personal with every beat. And then I know I had Rhoda come in, like, while I was recording, he'll come in and like, if it wouldn't, if that wasn't the win, he gonna tell you like, nah, that ain't it, do that again. Right, or, yeah. Nah, you need to change that, like, he gonna tell you right then. So that critiquing right then, you know, by the time it was a completed project, I knew I had a, you know what I'm saying? a real H-Town project, like, as I started getting my songs together and I'm listening to all of them, the inspiration was, you know, I wanted people to, to get that. I wanted the rest of the world to know what it felt like to be riding through the city of Houston. Right. 
with their top back, like on MLK on Sunday, and they slab with their trunk knocking. Like they had to be there, sipping right. the fold, like smoking the sweet. Like <laughs> I needed them to feel like that's what they was doing when they listened to my project. Right. And I think most of the folks I know, when they heard it, they rode to it. They ain't just listen to it and skip to it. You can ride to it. From start to finish, you had some some real, some, some fire-ass music to listen to that you ain't feel like, well, shit. Like, I know Ro ain't, ain't have to cut it down and be like, hell nah, I can't say no shit like that. <laughs> like I say, he listened to it, so I was like, right. yeah, I, I might be on to something if he listens to it. Now, Zero, with you listening to the project, what was your overall perspective of it? I can make some money out of it. Gee, I mean, that's, that's the only reason you don't do anything. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Like, uh, and, uh, it kind of it reminded me of uh, me, you know what I'm saying, the type of shit. But man, I guess it was self-explanatory because of the people she, you know, she was listening to me, you know, young boy Gates, shit like that. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people emulate on accident. Some people do it purposefully, but a lot of people do it because, I mean, you're going to breathe out what you're breathing in. So, I right. mean, if you're breathing in that type of shit, I mean, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to, ex you know, exhale and expound upon when you do that. Exactly. So, when I heard it, I was like. <laughs> and Just I the like, money sign. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what it was like. So I knew it was sellable. So, I, I mean, that's why I got interested. Because I'm like, I mean, as a as a CEO and then trying to do trying to do records with, I ain't going to say countless other people, but mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a couple of people, you know what I'm saying, that, uh, that do a little something and then follow out. You know, you got a lot of people that's thinking you gonna start this shit Tuesday and by Thursday you supposed to be a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? And fuck with me about my shit, I ain't finna give your ass Nathaniel. I'm not finna give you shit if it ain't time to get that shit to you. So uh, she was in a situation where, like she say, she was she wasn't with this gimme 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 this shit because she was going to work at the time. So. You, you getting you something for right now, but you got no time. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba 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 At participating McDonald's. Well, you can, oh, you can show up. All right, cool, show up and do this in here. All right, if I, big, if, if I book four, you're going to go in here for four? She book eight then. All right, so you're gonna, we're going to do eight. Then you're going to go do what you got to do. All right, cool. So well, we're going to do this here until you ain't got to go to work no more. Right. And then so the motherfucker don't go to work no more now. So like I say, it's uh, and, and, and trust me, and I wouldn't have did it if I couldn't see no fruit from the label from that shit. I don't give a fuck if I'm cool with you. Like, I ain't finna just waste no money because I'm cool with you. You, you, like, yeah, I heard it and I was like, oh, nah, like, I actually jammed that. You know what I'm saying? It's shit out there that I will jam, but the only reason I don't listen to nobody else shit is because I do new songs so much, I'm always riding around critiquing myself. Mm. So when this new shit come out in a week and a half from now, I'm not going to hear that shit no more unless I'm performing. I'm on to the next 20 songs, you know what I'm saying? Like. So that's the only reason I listen to me, because mm -hmm. I, I want to listen to me and be like, nah, I sound fraud right there. I got to go do that, though. So you know, that's why I listen to me so much. But I mean, I heard it, and I was like, yeah, this, not only me, I know a lot of people, you know, especially that's, that come up under my type of tutelage, they going to fuck with me. Right. So I'm like, well, shit, y'all buying my shit, then y'all going to buy her shit. All right, well, that's cool. So that's two checks. Why not? Right. As a CEO, is there anything that you are instilling in her now as to how she needs to navigate as an artist? Well, I mean, 
I try, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the same time, I mean, that's kind of like a, it's kind of baseless because she's not going to wake up and be me. So what worked for me ain't going to necessarily be working for her like that, you know what I'm saying? But I guess the most important thing, and in this type of shit, when you your own boss, you know, you can make your rules. You can make what work for you work for you, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, like, this is a, you know, with Lolita, we talking about a person that's, she from the streets. So a lot of times, you know, you might gotta just, hey, now put that back there, all right? Now don't, don't shoot them. Like they Not cool. don't shoot them. They, 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 coming to, they coming to pay you. you know right. On, you know, so it's a lot of shit I had to be like, Motherfuckers used to talk to me all the time. Like, motherfuckers just, hey, how you doing? I don't want to shake your motherfucking hand. I don't know where your motherfucking hand been at. You know what I'm saying? So we don't knuckle that hole, you know what I'm saying? And they like, hey, man, like, nah, they your fan. I don't give a fuck what they were. Them niggas was nasty. That's what they were. So, and if you ain't just have no germ mix, I ain't touching your ass. You know what I'm saying? And that was before COVID. I'm just <laughs> so, uh, oh my God. I'm still like that, but I mean, I'm just like that. But then, too, looking at somebody else do the shit, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's what they talk. I still don't give a fuck. But I'm like, okay, that's what they was talking about. Like, like right. I'm, I'm rough around the edges. I'm like, nah, I just don't want Corona, nigga, and pink eye, and I don't want none of that shit. So, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, trying to, I don't know. It's like, that process where you get that, where you get that coal and you got to get the diamond out of that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still scraping legs. I'm still scraping legs. You know what I'm saying? She she good, but that's the only thing I'm telling her is like we can't you know we can't kill everybody and uh, we can't beat up everybody. And this is really on some from the hood shit type where like Hi. like my like. Like my homeboy behind me. This nigga everywhere just order chicken. Like, <laughs> this is some hood shit. This nigga not gonna never eat nothing else but chicken. I don't <laughs> how many thousand, two, three thousand dollar meals a nigga eat. This nigga not doing nothing different. It's gonna be chicken if we in Hong Kong. It's really gonna be some, <laughs> it ain't gonna really be a chicken. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it's levels you gotta scrape. Right. And vocally, like she did and she on her way to being you know to being all the way social too right i think a lot of times um when it comes to just being in the music industry in general and touching hands with different people i feel like you having to compromise is like something that they be like you got to do like you got to be nice like you got to shake hands i really just want to ask you like how the hell did you move around that because i who me talking about you me? both me. of y'all like oh. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. If I don't wanna shake your hand, I shake your hand. I mean, I ain't gonna be disrespectful to nobody. Like elbow, corona hug, my boy, but nah, man. People digging their ass, people pissing, don't wash their hands. <laughs> like real talk, you you been in the public restroom and the people pissing, don't wash their hands every right. day. Nah, I'm cool. Right. So you want, you know what I'm saying? What's up? How you doing? But nah. I just, I mean, I don't be rude. I'm respectful about it, but I mean, you gotta respect my mind. Nah, I'm, I'm cool. Right. And I'm gonna pass it back to you when it comes to that, as far as like the networking aspect of everything. I ain't never network with nobody. I didn't, I didn't ever network with nobody. Like, if I ever did something with somebody, it's because somebody else hooked it up or another, or another, another person came to me with the opportunity. Like. I was like, I don't know, I don't be, I don't like, I don't like motherfuckers up in my face, so I don't want to be one of the motherfuckers up in somebody else's face either. Like, I, I got people, you know, that I'm a fan of on other levels, and I'm not finna just, you know, like, oh man, they go, they go Morgan Freeman over there. Like, I ain't finna go fucking with Morgan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this nigga might hit me with one of them. I don't want to talk. I'm gonna be, you know? Yeah. Shit. So I'm just saying, so I don't be up in people's face, but I, I I always did enough on my own to where right. I guess I didn't have to network so much. 
you know what I'm saying? And then the relationships I had with people like like Slim Thug, our relationship came from us beefing. And then, you know, like Paul Wall, this nigga's just, you can't, you can't not be cool with Paul Wall, because it's like, it's Paul Wall, that's all you can say. You know, and like, Lil Kiki, like, screwed up click. Screw was the, like, yeah, hey, hey, what's up, bro? This is Big Pokey. You know, this is Lil O. This is Al D. You know, you know, this is Big Mo. Like, because I would've never met these people on my own, because I'm not, social like that. So uh, I ain't never really network. I just, oh, okay, you wanna do one? All right, cool, let's do it. And I probably don't talk to the people again for like another year. And, and then my people, this kind of like, almost like that too, because we hustling too hard. Right. We, you know, we, all the names I just said, I guarantee you right now, Kiki somewhere, look Kiki somewhere, you know, working up on the bag. You know what I'm saying? So it's big pokey, so it's, Paul, you know, so is everybody that's, you know, Slim. Like, I know Slim, he doing what we doing, right? He, he doing the interview somewhere two, three miles away from here. We two, three miles here doing it. So we don't, we don't fuck around. We fuck around, but we don't fuck around because we ain't got time. We always right. doing this here. Right. I know that's right. Now, Lolita, you didn't just drop the project and word on the street is you finna drop another one. <laughs> so we got to talk about that and the producers you've been working with and the whole process with that right now. Man, so, I mean, thankfully, man, Ro had a lot of producers he already was rocking with. So I had a lot of dope beats from people that, you know, sent me, but I did a lot of projects, songs with a beat on it. I got a song with DJ Chose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah, you know, DJ Ch <laughs> Let me find out that's the next club anthem. No, it's on Napoleon Complex, but we got another one we did that might be the next anthem, though. But Period. the one on Napoleon Complex, um, it's called Bad Bitch Shit. That's a Charles beat. Um, and I had Drew Fresh, um, Track Sounds. Like, I had a lot of dope-ass producers, so that was just you know being at the right place and being around you know with Ro, being mm -hmm. able to have those networks that he already had um the project i'm working on right now me and because uh, it's just a little ep we plan on dropping around maybe the middle end of summer just because i wanted to get some some you know summer vibes happening so me and cuz sat down and played around a little bit um, no, that's probably a little backwards. I know everybody do it the other way, right? They put out their EP first, but me and Cuz ended up locking in and we found a, a summer sound. I was like, man, let's do it. And shit, I'm already also in the process of working on whatever the next project is. I have songs for my next project as well, like my album. Mm -hmm. This EP is a, a singular project that is just me and Cuz, but I'm also working on whatever the next album is going to be. I have songs for it also. Where do you see yourself in the next year, I would say? Man. <laughs> Hopefully on top of somebody's billboards, on somebody's chart. Someone, PJ, going to check myself out on Times Square. Like, I want to be living it up in a year, but, you know, my mouth to go it is. I just, I want to work. Like, the thing about working with Rose, like, he let me work. So I know a lot of people to be, you know, doing other things. Like, I, you know, of course I might promote, but I'm still creating. Like, that right. was my first project, so I feel like I can only get better, right? Mm-hmm. So, this is working. And throughout your music, really quick, what is the message that you would want to portray when people listen to you? That it's cool to mean what you say. Like, I'm, I'm a, a cool person. Just don't try me, though. Like, don't, don't try to play no games with, like, let me make it. Like, it's cool to, to be sweet and nice and all that and still be stiff. Like, you ain't got to play with nobody and you ain't got to let nobody play with you. 
And I do want to ask Zero, is there any advice that you have for any artists who are struggling to find their way or navigate? Yeah, just, don't, just don't stop. Don't give up. You know, uh, it only take one. It only take one and then you might not have to even do another one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you think you got a bad support system, get you another one. And then be your own support system because you can't you can, you can't go wrong with you being your biggest fan. You know, uh, keep doing what you're doing because everything, even shit I don't like, you know what I'm saying, and or, or my shit that people don't like, like everything is created for fandom. Right. So you just gotta find what tangent you need to be standing on with the right fans. So I mean, you know, you keep doing it until you find. You find your niche, and then you find the people that like the shit that you like. Because, I mean, like you said, all them was talking about player shit. I was talking about struggling shit. And in actuality, it's going to always be way more people struggling than it is people playing. But, I mean, shit, somebody, somebody had to say it, though. You know, so uh, you keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and if it ain't working on the east, do that shit on the west. Shit, if that shit don't work on them, them four major directions, you know, go to the southwest, go to the northeast. If that shit don't work, create your own space somewhere. Right. And invite people in your shit. So, I mean, hey, man, that's all I like to say. It's just keep grinding. And if it don't work over here, shit, get a new geograph. Love it. Now, before we wrap up, Lolita, girl, do you got any last words or shout outs? Any <laughs> shout outs, man. Shout out to Wood Deep, the gay, and, uh, you know, mama, I was off the point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I need you to, to talk your shit because you just dropped your project, so we need the Napoleon Complex that came out, man. all that shit. Napoleon Complex is out. It's on all streaming platforms, man. Download it, uh, stream it, uh, yeah, all that, man. Tell y'all promoters, y'all want Lolita, y'all CDs, like, do all that. Um, we, we working. Um, the album is called Napoleon Complex. You can follow me on Instagram at Lolita, L-O-L-I-T-A, underscore Monroe, M-O-N-R-E-A-U-X on all platforms. I'm a gangster, I'm the one. If I ain't holding a big blunt, then I'm holding a gun. Ain't none of that really. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.